Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Hey, thank you all for tuning in to The Metal Forge this week. I'm Mark Jackson, and I'm your host. Hey, this week we have Midnight Spell from Miami, Florida, the South Beach is never going to get darker than this this week. Fucking right. Awesome fucking dudes. Stick around. I got them on the line. But before we get into that, I want to tell you guys about the new and improved Patreon page. Over the weekend, I kind of revamped all the tiers. I kind of adjusted everything. Uh, I set up the new way of doing things on there. And we've got the Down and Dirty, the Double Down and Dirty, the Apprentice, and then the Master, which are $1, $3, and $10 tiers. For the Master Metalhead, you're going to receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge membership card. And by doing that, you're going to get access to the shows 48 hours before they were actually published on Friday. So you'll get them by Wednesday. You're also going to receive five entries to any contest that we do on the show. You're also going to get all the other awards that the other tiers have. Plus, you also get to submit questions to the show digitally like audio you can record your own audio you can send them to me and i will actually play your question to any any person that i interview on the show and on top of that you're going to get your own personalized 25 percent off discount code for any metal forge merch which you know we do have shirts stickers uh, patches so on and so forth we're going to give a 25 percent discount on that so it's only 10 bucks it's it patreon.com slash metalforgeradio give it a check out hey every little bit helps i appreciate all you guys so aside from that let's talk about everything else last week i asked the question what is your most prized possession from a band my brother from the met family the group and justice for indiana jason kroll shared a set list that's been signed from metallica which is totally cool it was from the indianapolis show in 2019 it's like, you know, dude, I'd have that professionally framed to be sitting in my fucking living room and I'd be, it'd be like, have its own light focused on it because fucking that shit's pretty cool to me. I love signed set lists from 
huge bands and stuff like that. Dieter Zimmerman, shout out to him because he's the one who turned all of us on to Throne of Iron here on the Metal Forge, and I want to thank him for that. But he's got a signed copy of Hawkwind's Live Chronicles by uh, Michael Moorcock, which that's totally fucking rad because, dude, it's fucking Hawkwind. I mean, what the fuck, you know? Fucking crazy shit. Chuck Baxter is back this week with another great one. Inspiration is his most prized possession in music. And it's like, you know, that's pretty fucking heavy. Because to be able to will at that power that you have at your fingertips to be a musician, to move emotions, make people think and feel a way that reminds them of so many different things, that is sheer power. We as musicians write the soundtracks to people's lives, and that's super fucking awesome. So, this week, question, what is your best concert experience? Seriously, great concert experience. What's the best one you ever went to? I'll give you mine next week on that. Oh, shit, where, where am I? What am I thinking? I didn't even tell you my most prized possession from a band. Uh, honestly, honestly, I'm going to nerd out here for a minute. Back when the Metal Forge was on WCHQ here in Louisville, Kentucky, when it was actually a radio show, and I know y'all can listen to those in the archives, uh, but the last episode, the last bash, where it was like the Midnight Metal Forge, where we did like a big five-hour end-of-the-year, end-of-the-station bash with myself and Zach Becker of the Midnight Oil, I had a bunch of people come in. We both had a bunch of people come in. We had Ashley Vega from the Vava Vixens and Promise of Plague. We had uh, Jet Piston from the band Rifle come in, and he performed some acoustic songs. And one of the songs that that he had done was My Machine from their album The Speed of Doubt, and he had a handwritten lyric sheet of that. And he gave it to me at the end of it and it was super cool and it was probably one of the nicest gifts I think I've ever received from another musician so that's probably my most prized musical uh, possession right now is that because you know he took the time to actually handwrite all this stuff out and to perform it on this show and it was super fucking cool so anyways yeah that's my most prized musical possession so Let's thank the sponsors, Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music, Tattoo Charlie's, The Wrestling Steve Show, The Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. Check those guys out. They are fucking cool. You heard them on the show here a a couple months ago. We also have the It's Gonna Get Weird Podcast with Scott Clark and Frank Green and Better Days Records here in Louisville, Kentucky. So go get your music gear. Go get your tattoos. Listen to some awesome fucking podcasts with Night Demon. It's Gonna Get Weird in the Wrestling Steve Show. And go buy you some new fucking vinyl at Better Days Records. And also... Make sure you check out all the links below to all the bands and the sponsors because they are out there and many of them without having shows to play through the pandemic have really been leaning on the support of Bandcamp and album sales. Alright, let's listen to some Midnight Spell. This is from the album Sky Destroyer which came out back in January of this year. This is Between the Eyes.
All right, now coming into the show, I have the guys from Midnight Spell in Miami. Guys, how you doing today? Doing good. How are you? I am fairly well. You know, we've had some really nice weather up here over the last uh, few days, and it's not been too cold, but hey, I dig it. Who's all on the line with me really fast? Let's get let's get some introductions here before we go in, go crazy in this uh, interview. All right, well, I'm Brian. I'm the drummer and founding member. I'm Shane Hammer. I'm the guitar player and another founded member. Hey, what's up? It's Paul Louie, and I'm the singer. Being in Miami, how is the Miami metal scene these days? I'm You don't hear much, where I'm from in Louisville, you don't hear much out of Miami. So tell me about Miami's metal. Well, Miami is a very extreme metal-based scene. Um, there really aren't any other bands like us around. You know, most of the bands out of Florida you hear are from Tampa. You know, there's a bit of a bigger scene up there. But Miami's got a pretty good scene. But, you know, when I started going to shows around here, I found that almost every local band and every show that people really went to was death metal. And, you know, that's cool and all, but I like death metal. But I was always into, you know, the classic style of heavy metal you know bands like saxon judas priest you know a lot of new wave of british heavy metal definitely and i always really wanted to i always wanted to play that style you know and it was really difficult finding people to want to play that and eventually i got you know i played in a lot of different bands over the years and you know i played black metal bands thrash metal bands you know and eventually one day i was like you know what it's about time i start you know my own project and, you know, I want to play some heavy metal. And uh, so I found uh, Shane here and uh, he and I worked a long time. It was just the two of us for a while before, you know, finding the rest of the members. But eventually I got a full lineup. You know, we got Paulo on vocals, got Denver on guitar and Cam on bass. And, you know, that's how that's who we are today. Definitely. And it looks like back in 2019, you released a demo called Between the Eyes and just here a couple of months ago in January you released the full length Sky Destroyer. That's correct. Tell me about how the manufacturing of Sky Destroyer came around. You you just said that it took some doing to find key, the key members of the of the group and then what? It definitely took a long time and that was because, you know, it took a while to get everybody on board. It's funny because everybody in the band are people that I've already known for a long time. You know, everybody was involved in different projects and different bands around and i wanted you know the best of the best of what the south florida scene had to offer you know and i knew all these other musicians it was a while before i could get them all on board but uh when it started uh it was just me and shane aka the hammer on guitar and he and i wrote a lot of songs together uh that's when it you know we uh wrote the demo uh we had a lot of some of these songs too with uh, uh a lot of the sky destroyer songs date back to the demo days but uh we didn't want to put everything onto the demo you know and the demo was an introduction you know as demos usually are and uh that was what we had at the time and uh then once we got the uh other members of the band to come in it became easier having you know four or five opinions and you know people contributing ideas uh, and you know what's cool about this band is everybody contributes to the writing process which is really really great to have i've never really been in another band where everybody contributed as much as we all do it makes the writing process a lot more dynamic it makes it much faster you know and easier we don't really fight a lot over the song or you know where we we all are kind of on the same page as to where the song should go right on so yeah which is always interesting because it always seems like there's i always say it's like the rule of two for most bands it always seems like there's 
two people who get together and write almost everything to a band, whether it's the vocals, the guitar, and the drums, and then they, you know, they piece together and arrange everything, and anybody else comes in, they're just like, oh, I want you to play this here and this here, and you play this here. It started that way because, you know, it was just me and Shane for a while without anybody else, you know. The demo was pretty much written that way. Uh, you know, the songs were pretty much complete before uh, any, yeah, anybody else was in the band, you know, and then we kind of just started recording, and then everybody else came in and added their parts later. Right on. But it's definitely not like that anymore, and we're better off for it. Which I think is one of those things to where if you can have that work for you, a lot of bands out there can't have that work for them, unfortunately. They're, I don't know if it's necessarily, some people just aren't that good of writers, but they're amazing players. And then there's some people out there that are amazing writers and are okay at playing. So there's there's a lot of moving parts that go into that. Yeah, there's all kinds of dynamics and things that uh, uh, make that make, make things uh, difficult. You yeah, know? I'll, say, I'll say this. This is uh, like when we first started, like you said, um, it was like I had a place in, in Delray and and Brian and I used to meet up like pretty frequently and we wrote and we wrote I think one of our first songs that we actually ever really got into was Between the Eyes and I remember Stars those were probably I'd say the earliest songs that we had and then we had bits and pieces of other ones and then as the band members got as uh, Cam, Paolo and Denver came into the band it opened up a lot more because with two people like because at the time I was doing a lot of the writing myself I was hitting a lot of walls because we were kind of trying to get it going right off the ground really fast so it helped when we had a lot of the other people and so the contribution you know like you like you said like a lot of bands will have it with two people it helped us a lot more when we got a lot of different people because i think a lot of the songs sound pretty distinct from one another and that's because of a lot of involvement from the other band members you know absolutely which i think you need that kind of diversity i always use metallica kind of as the measuring stick when it comes to stuff like this but you can kind of tell kirk songs when if it's a song that he has written and brought to the table versus something that james has written right so yeah there's definitely that kind of uh that same dynamic that we had the, the good thing about us is that each of us have this specific idea and it's always brought to the table and uh no matter what it is in a specific risk or just uh something different that goes to one uh to a song it can mix together with other things and then we create a song mixed with other ideas and it's actually a really cool we don't expect that sometimes we already have something in our minds that, like this is, you know, what I'm thinking. And once we're all together in a room making noise, um, it's, it's all comes up together in a really cool way. And, um, and sometimes it goes in a completely different direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you know, it's like, that just happened. And yeah, it's funny how it works sometimes, but it's cool because that's, you know, what keeps the chemistry at the band because it's literally all five of us putting, uh, ideas together to come up with, you know, uh, the music that, that we have at this moment. Definitely. Sounds like an awesome metal brotherhood where you can have that oh yeah definitely yeah yeah we all know each other for a long long time uh, uh, like brian said i mean it was uh it, it was a matter of time for all of us yeah. to finally get together and do some something that we all love even though we were never able to to put it out there you know as our as our own craft which is you know heavy metal you know uh we we loved it but we were never able to do something together and uh it's finally happening now so you know we're, well, we're pretty excited about it to be honest Definitely. And I'm one of those people that always believes as well that you have to get from point A to point B. And 
if there's right. something, if there is a roadblock that happens in that way that is supposed to be there, you have to have this to get to this. I think there's exactly. a certain level of maturity that comes along with that. Not everybody started with where they're at now. They had to start somewhere. Right. Yeah, for sure. With the EP being released in April of 2019, had the pandemic not happened, would you have the full length right now? Or would you still be out playing stuff from the demo and then still possibly writing a full length? How would how would that have worked for you guys? Well, the pandemic actually struck in the middle of the recording process for the album. Okay. So we already, in fact, we had the demo released before we played our first show. Nice. Um, <laughs> Not a lot of people can do that, but which is the way I think it no. should be. <laughs> Honest, I've never, I mean, I didn't necessarily intend for it to be that way, but that's what ended up happening, and I think that was a smarter move, honestly. I think more bands should consider doing that, you know? For sure. But, uh, because when we, when we played our first show, they, there was already, you know, hype. Had a big following already that. Yeah, you know, there was already Prior to that, we already remember that, when, you know, when we were just letting people know that we're in the making of something. We let everybody know that there's a band out there in South Florida that's willing to play pure heavy metal. And, uh, um, you know, like 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 Brian said in the beginning, you know, it was very fresh to hear for everybody else hearing something that's not any other genre. And then out of the blue, you know, a couple of guys that, you know, that people know about from other projects doing heavy metal. Hell yeah, I got to hear this. Put that demo put that demo out. We need to hear it. You know, we can't wait. So, yeah, we decided to, to come up with a strategy, uh, strat- strategy of doing a, you know, come up with a demo and then soon release and doing a live show. And I mean, I'll never forget it. That show was amazing. You know, we got crazy people going, uh, going crazy. We had a lot of, you know, friends, people I never met before. I don't know. It was a really cool night, right guys? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we played the first show, people were already singing along. Yes, yes, which was, was incredible. Yeah, you know, it's really cool. Yeah, I think that I think that the demo was actually released like probably I don't I want to say I want to say not even probably a month before the show. So by the time we had played, like I remember uh, our our friend uh, Yasser who's in Avernus Mortis. He and um, he came down and he was like he was right in front of what I was playing and he's he's screaming the lyrics to, between the eyes. I'm like, holy crap, dude, you already know the song <laughs> like nice yeah and when we played our first show we are we played a long set we played almost an hour you know we played a lot of songs that were on the album you know we had those songs you know we, we were working behind the scenes for a really long time that was before we unearthed the band you know we wanted to make sure we had the most professional the most put together you know project before we unveiled ourselves you know absolutely we didn't want to just you know come out with like four songs and then play our first show you know without any merch or you know no no demo yeah. No, no recorded material and say, okay, here's our four song set and four covers, you know? We didn't really want to do that. So, you know, that's why we did it the way we did it. For sure. And I think it's building to a show. I've always also been an advocate of there. there's the music part and then there's the show part. you got to have both to make it work. And when you, do, when you do it like that, you're building to a show to where people can come and watch you. You know, they've heard you. Now they've got to see it. Yeah, you know, and, and that's that's another thing that I think a lot of bands maybe forget about these days is, you know, having this show. Oh, uh, I agree. I feel like a lot of bands come out and play their songs and do the bare minimum on stage, you know. 
that was not something that I was gonna, you know, stand for with this this project. You know, it has to be heavy metal is high energy. You know, it, and the the sound has to be that way, and the visuals also have to be that way. You know, oh, you, you have to have much. an interesting band to watch on stage. Oh, very much. I agree with that because it's and I've always throughout the arbitrary number of any five dudes can get on a stage and and play songs. It's got to be a special group to actually be out there and to captivate and entertain while they're doing it. Whether that be through visual, whether that be through just sheer movement on stage, something. There's more to it than just playing songs on a, on a stage. I think I'd like to think we have a little bit of all of that in our live show, right? Yeah. All right, let's take a real quick break. We're going to come back and talk about some artwork. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine. A treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. So I'm looking at the artwork for the Between the Eyes demo. And the the logo is huge on there. And then you've got the picture. It kind of reminds me of like the Armed and Dangerous EP from Anthrax. Where it's just the picture of you guys. And it's stark. It's like, this is what it is. This is what you get. Yeah, that's as simple as it is. Yeah. In a way, um, you know, many people can see it in different ways, and that's a really good way to look at it, too. Um, I always thought of it, too. It was just, you know, it, it seemed like it has a, um, just a very simple thing uh, to show. Like I said, you know, it's like a little surprise. He, this is who we are. And which is why we actually called it Between the Eyes. Uh, Between the Eyes, the, the meaning of that song, it's it's um, letting everybody know, like, you know, be ready for us. You know, uh, this is, uh, we're coming straight to you. Yeah. And uh, I guess, the, you know, the artwork and the style, as simple as it is, I mean, you can still say a lot. And um, yeah, that was sort of like the idea in the beginning when we were trying to come up with, you know, concepts for, for demos and, and, and you know, uh, for the things to show, you know? For sure. So, yeah. Switching over to Sky Destroyer here. Uh, came out on Iron Oxide Records here back in January, which is one of Bart Gabriel's labels, correct? Yes, that's, that's correct. right. Awesome. Uh, Metal Forge listeners out there would know Bart from other stuff like Savage Master with Skull Records and so on and so forth. Yeah, he's so, done a lot of stuff. Oh, absolutely. He does a lot of reissues for people. Like, I think he's yeah. done some Raven reissues and stuff like that. So, it looks like you got CDs, cassettes, and vinyl of this. That's true. See... How, Every that's, that's super cool because like the cassette market obviously has come back for a lot of underground bands. The vinyl market 
I've never seen any better than it is today. And I think metal music is the reason why all these other people, like other genres of music, are selling vinyl again. You know, like you find, you go into any Walmart in America and you can find a copy of Thriller on vinyl these days. And I think it has to do with the resurgence through the metal scene. It could be. I mean, metalheads like to collect, you know. Oh, yeah. I ha- I certainly have my collection, you know, of vinyl, CDs, and cassettes probably displayed at my home, you know, on a shelf. You know, I, I like to look at something, you know. I'm sure you've heard this same the same way over from a lot of different metalheads, you know. And, and holding a vinyl is just amazing, you know. I love artwork a lot, so, you know, seeing it on a vinyl is different than seeing it on a CD or just a little picture on your phone when you download it. Oh, for sure. And it's nice to... I also, I like to, when I find an album that I really, really like, I like to, you know, just put headphones on, turn everything else off, hold the vinyl in my hands, read along the lyric sheet, you know, and, and look at the artwork and, you know, I, it's a, a full experience. Oh, very much. You, you, you study that thing. You study the cover. Yeah. You study the lyric sheets and then you look for cert. you look for if there's any Easter eggs, I'm sure. Cause I do the same thing, you know? I, I look and sit there and I say, did you see that on this cover to somebody? And they're like, no. I was like, and I point it out and I'm like, here's this. And they're like, oh, wow, I never saw that. There's definitely been lots of experiences like that. For sure. Speaking of the cover of Sky Destroyer, total old school as well. Definitely you could tell it was a, a, a painted cover. Who did the artwork right. for this? Uh, it's a guy out of Spain, and uh, I'm not sure. He was recommended to us. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. He was recommended to us I through. Uh, yeah, through Bart. To Bart. Yeah, he was recommended to Bart. He had uh, uh this artist had done uh different covers for different bands, also that have worked with Bart. Um, yeah, he's he's done done yeah. covers for uh Tigers of Pantang. I think right, yeah. he's done Blitzkrieg and Pestilence. And when when uh Bart told me, well, I I. Explained the concept of the cover to Bart, and he suggested this guy for for uh, the cover art. And you know, I, I looked at his roster, you know, and I saw he worked with certain bands that I've grown up listening to, and I was like, yeah, that sounds like the guy guy for the job. <clears throat> well, it's definitely awesome because there's a lot of blue tone to it, and in the in the white, there's a lot of really I see a lot of light green mixture into there, and yeah, the people just falling down into this chasm and like the cars and people standing on the edge of it and they're just like oh shit you know right yeah it's super cool and like i said it's it's definitely something you would have when you when you were a kid you would have been flipping through the cd rack at at the at the record store for any of the young listeners that don't know what record stores are they were a thing no i'm kidding (laughs) Uh, and this would have been something that you would have seen you you would have picked it up immediately saying what is this? I've got to listen to it. Well, I mean, you know, that was definitely the intention, you know, it it had to be, I, I was very adamant that the first album cover had to be bright, you know, explosive, and it had to be, you know, vibrant, something that's eye catching. And, you know, even, even if there aren't so much record stores to, you know, to flip through vinyls these days, you know, you're probably not going to find too many new fans that way. But I've seen comments online where people were scrolling through YouTube and, and, you know, they saw the, the album cover on the thumbnail and they're like, that looks interesting. You know, it's the same concept. And they said they were glad they checked it out and it was the artwork that grabbed them. For sure. Especially the title too, you know, with, uh, <clears throat> something uh something to call it, sky destroyer and it's uh it's 
I think it's a good way for it, uh, you know, to, to grab anyone's, you know, attention and be like, well, what the hell is this? You know, it, it's a really old school feel. It, it's, it's, it's literally what it is, you know, uh, you know, how younger metalheads back in the day when there was no internet, there was nothing, they would just see a cover and it's like, what the hell is this? I got to listen to this. And then it was definitely a metal album and time became their favorites. So you never know. And I just want to, I just want to give a shout out. The artist's name is Roberto Todorico, uh, amazing artist. He did great work. Awesome. And yeah, definitely a shout out to him for sure. You kind of mentioned a second ago about where we were talking about digging through the, through the bins and, and seeing these and saying, Oh my gosh, this cover is so awesome. I got to hear it. You know, I still do that to this day on the internet, even like, yeah, there's bands out right. there that, that we all know of that the metal community has been so far apart for so many years. Like you had to hear from, you know, friends in other cities about certain bands and so on and so forth back in the day that now it there everybody is at a fingertip away with you know typing in a name and i'll still go through and yeah we'll see bands like eternal champion and and haunt which are both insanely awesome bands but i'm just like holy shit what about this this you know seeing like the similar artists down below on the bandcamp page like with traveler on your all's page and smolder it, it's just so cool to be able to say holy shit that cover looks awesome i gotta look into these guys we actually had a shirt design that was done by the same the same artist that does all the haunt stuff brewmaster yeah some of the haunt stuff because yeah. uh, pit forge that guy's awesome because pit forge does some of his stuff as well yeah which daniel's okay. a friend of the show shout out to him as well because he's super cool Sweet. so you just released this Assuming we go back to what is, quote, normal, I'm assuming you're going to be doing shows and stuff like that. But what in the instance of if there's still going to be restrictions and lockdown, are you currently writing anything new or what are you doing right now? Well, we just, uh, right before doing this interview, yeah. we were working on new songs and new songs. We've been constantly writing, uh, especially uh, since the beginning of the year. We uh, finally decided to just you know with this is this we were taking this unnecessary break well i mean mandatory because of obviously you know what's everything that's been going on but we were finally especially at the beginning of the year we were finally able to just get together again and now that having the album out uh and i guess uh for the lack of a better word not having shows we figure you know no matter what we're gonna keep busy and just continue writing because it's pretty much what we love doing and that's what we've been doing so far right yeah absolutely um, I can say going back on what we were saying real quick. Um, it's really cool because like in the middle of us doing this writing, obviously, because we have a lot more time now. But the thing is, this is our, you know, we're writing for our next upcoming release and everything. Obviously, it's cool because now, unlike the first album, we're going into writing it with all five of us. You know what I mean? So it's going to I'm interested to see how the completed results going to turn out and, you know, the reaction to it and everything, because before, you know, it had been Brian and I who had been doing a lot of the writing and then now it's going to be pretty much all five of us and all five of us have had a lot of input so far on just the few songs we've been working on so far you know for sure but yeah that's uh, pretty much what you know we've been doing this whole time yeah we uh pretty happy with the release but at the same time i mean we're not taking breaks anymore we're just you know getting together as much as we can and and you know just keep uh playing we're also not one of those bands that uh you know writes over the internet you know we're very much one of those bands that has to be in person you know we don't we get the, the ideas flow more freely that way we don't it's really hard to get inspired at home for us 
a lot of people these days, you know, have bandmates all over the world and they just send a riff to, you know, they record a riff and then send it over email to, you know, bumfuck Egypt. And, <laughs> right, right, right. And and that's how they write their album. And, you know, it works for some people. It's great. But, you know, that's just not how I've ever really worked. And that's not how I don't think any of us work. You know, we're old school that way. No, I agree 100% on that because in, in my music and with my band and everything, I'm the exact same way. We're all rooted here in the Louisville area and we have to have practice or, you know, shit just doesn't get done at all. And it's just like we've had uh, excessive time off from due like due to injury and stuff where I could have written. But no, it just doesn't come to me. It, I think being interactive with people, interactive creativity, I guess, is what you would call it, where you have to have somebody else out there to be like, hey, you know, that that kind of sounded cool. What what was that? What was that thing you were just doing? And then you do it again and then you build yes. from that, which is super fucking cool, because for the people that that, that can work with where you can write and I have tons of friends friends who do this you know they have members in texas and california and indiana canada for the people that can make that work and can accomplish things like that that is super fucking awesome and kudos to you for being able to do it i wish i could sometimes but <laughs> i need yeah. i need the other people there just as just as much one last thing before we shift gears here and in, into some general profile questions with not being able to play shows and this trend kind of became a thing for a couple of months and then it all of a sudden disappeared again and you don't really see it but what in the regard of streaming shows would you all ever do something like that i don't really think so um i would want it to be a full production if anything and it would take so much and i don't i don't know it would be really hard to i mean i would feel right maybe about charging for it and i'm just not a big fan of them personally you know if I see a band is doing a streaming show, it doesn't do a lot for me. It's, I mean, it's not the same as, you know, being in a in a club and really feeling it. Uh, and, you know, another thing is, like, we just put out the, uh, the first album, you know, and I feel like if we were to do that, there would be, two months later, a whole other set of soundboard audio recordings of all those songs, you know, and I, I don't know. It just seems like uh, not something that I'm too interested in doing Understand. for right now. No, we are, in a, we are in a yeah, we are in a moment when uh, you know, with the album out. I mean, I mean, who, what band doesn't want to do a, a you know a huge CD release party for that, right? That would be the uh, the dream. It, it, it's tough to see at this point because you know I, I have seen some of you know some of bands that we know and you know even bigger bands that have been they've been doing that nowadays. And uh, I don't know if one day if we if we go into that direction, but right now I just don't feel it i mean i don't know as a as a front man or just a, you know us as a band uh, um how are we going to have that connection and with the crowd you know yeah with the people a big part a big part of you know what we do and the way we do it is audience interaction and definitely feeding yeah. off the energy of the yeah. crowd I, I don't feel it would translate in an empty room very well yeah it might be a little bit of a bad representation of you know who we are and yeah. you know i wouldn't want to just do it from a rehearsal spot either i would want to be on a stage i yeah. want to want a light show exactly we need yeah you know a fog machine it would need all the elements yeah, but a live show with no people basically yeah <laughs> but it's a, it's a tough question now because it's understandable that you know uh anybody can ask a band that uh that because of you know what's happening right now in the world so um this is how we feel right now about it we don't know what the future might be regarding that if you, you know if, if we can you know be prepared for something like that uh it's a uh, i don't know it's a little it's a bit of a I'll, answer for me at least i'll say that uh you know it'll make it all that much more special when we finally can take the stage again 
Oh, for sure. It almost would like, uh, to me, it, when I see bands do that, it kind of reminds me of that time in, in the early to mid-90s when every music video that came out was like a band in a warehouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where right where, there. where yeah. there's just a, there's a drummer and there's no cabinets and they're just all standing in a circle playing and it's just like, what? <laughs> we just we just did a we just did a we just put out a music video for Midnight Ride off the album and uh, we did it in like an abandoned warehouse. <laughs> and but you know what? I was very adamant. I said I don't want an empty warehouse. I want Marshall full stack in there. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I remember that. It was a little. We had to get we had to get the full stacks. We had the um, drum. It, it was cool. It, it almost looked like we were at a live gig. I mean, yeah. honestly, yeah. Looking, yeah. looking back, like when you were there, it didn't feel like it. It was it looked a little weird, but like when you see the video it looked like it was almost like yeah. a show there were lights too you know yeah, it was weird. full thing yeah we're not we're not gonna just play in an empty warehouse that's no, not like, that's right not cool. yeah all right sit back get yourself a drink we're going to come back with more midnight spell here at the metal forge hi this is frank green from the it's gonna get weird podcast a podcast i host with scott clark you're gonna get everything you need on the podcast lots of laughs Lots of music, some sports, and maybe some inappropriate shit. Usually that's Scott's forte. Check it out. It's going to get weird. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and everywhere you get your podcasts online. It's going to get weird. I'm going to put my foot right in your ass. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. Now I'm going to shift some gears here. We're going to get into some general profile questions about you as people, because I like to know what make people tick. I like to hear their unsavory music opinions on certain things. <laughs> not coming from, right. not coming from a, we have a lot of opinions. not right. Opinionated. Definitely. And, and most people are in general, but metalheads seem to be interestingly enough, just crazy about things. We're pretty crazy guys. We have right. moments. Who do you wish you never saw live? Oh, we never saw live? They just didn't do it for like you. Like you regret seeing? Yeah. Um, um, I might say Napalm Death. Ooh. I might say Samael. Um, for me, I would probably have to say uh, Acheron, if I, ha- if I had to pick. Interesting. Yeah. I saw Samael in, the, uh, in that era when they went completely electronic, and uh, I was completely disappointed of that. Oh, I might also I might also yeah. say Coroner. Oh. Coroner, wow. They had a, a a guy with a laptop on stage. Mm. Oof. And I'm like, that that's not the corner I remember. <laughs> right, that's not punishment for decadence or anything. He was playing samples, and uh, it just was not yeah, yeah what I wanted to see. What was your favorite TV show growing up? Well, I got several, but I mean, uh, TV show like live TV or cartoons or anything, or, anything, that, anything, anything, you anything. Did, yep. Well, I like yeah. Well, I'm um, I'm a big fan of the old '80s cartoons, so I like Macross, Robotech. <laughs> well, I love that spaceships and all. Hell yeah! Yeah, I would say The Simpsons. I still love The Simpsons. Yeah, I'm still I'm going strong. Yeah. 
he's right. That's definitely by far my favorite yeah. show ever. Still is, always will be. I would say, I'd probably say Ren and Stimpy. I miss, I miss <laughs> Ren and Stimpy. I used to have the orange VHS. I remember that. That was yes. like so cool. That was, that was way back. That was like, what, like 95, 96, something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. That's crazy. Yeah. If, if you followed your dreams as a child, what would you be doing right now? I would be a philosophy professor. I went to college. I studied philosophy and theology for a short time. I've, I always wanted to be a teacher and specifically as a teenager, I wanted to be like a philosophy professor. Quite honestly, if I had to say that would be my dream. Right on. Uh, I guess, uh, I could say I'm living it. You know, I, I always wanted to play drums. I was, you know, growing up, especially when I got into high school and started playing in bands, I was like, I'm going to be a drummer. I'm going to play in bands. I want to tour, you know, and that's what I'm doing now. I'm a full-time musician. You know, I play with a lot of different bands, you know. Uh, I've played with a band called Hellwitch. I play drums for Ingve Momstein, you know, and I've gotten to tour the world. Wow. You know, of course, Midnight Spell is my own, you know, creation, and that's where I'm able to express myself above anything else. But, uh, no, touring and recording and playing drums, that's my dream, and that's what I'm doing. I wouldn't want to do anything else. For sure. I guess I can share I guess I can share the same dream in a way. I, I always love interacting with people. I always love, uh, you know, any form of art. So uh, to be able to to finally, you know, let the world know that, you know, I was able to sing and to be able to hit notes. And it was just like, for me, it was my way to communicate with people, especially people that, that throughout the world. So being a singer is a big deal for me. It always was. And I hope it continues to be because it is a goal. So it is part of the dream, you know. So, um, yeah, it was one of my dreams since I was, you know, since I was a jit. And, and it's still the dream. Hell yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm into. It, yeah. It's being a singer. It's like that time, you know, you found your voice. Absolutely. Hell yes. yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, what new skill are you currently learning? The pandemic gave quite a bit of free time, you know. When I, when the, the pandemic hit, you know, I, I had a, I had like two European tours lined up with two different bands, you know, that I was going to be playing drums for and, and I, it was all lost. I ended up just sitting at home for a while and I'm like, I'd be stupid if I didn't utilize this time to learn something new. And I always wanted to play guitar, you know, if nothing else, just for writing purposes, you know, cause I was always speaking riffs, you know, to, uh, the hammer over here you know and i was like what if i could play those risks myself so past year i've been learning guitar i've come way farther than i ever thought i would with it and even just like recently i, I figured out how to record guitar and now i'm teaching myself to record and mix so yeah it's been pretty productive hell yeah yeah well i can't um uh since because i have to stop with beating a spell through through that i have to i have to stop also with my older projects you know as a singer so um yeah i I, I, I came up with this whole idea of songwriting. You know, I don't, uh, unfortunately, I'm not as skilled, as, you know, as the guitar player, of, you know, to do it to my band. But yeah, um, I like to just, you know, come up with riffs and ideas and whatever, just uh, whatever I have in my head, I will, you know, tell the guys and just, just put the, the, to make it work on it right away. So yeah, it was that. And, and well, you know, daily life, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, bills won't pay themselves. So yeah, I had to take care of that too. But uh, from time to time, and you know, I, even though when I will always get my myself sometimes to sing a little, you know, just warm ups here and there. And um, even though I like, to, if I if I like if I do uh, warm ups for singing, I like to do it in the band while rehearsing, not just in you know in the bathroom or something like that. I, I, it's not really my thing. But yeah, I mean that's pretty much what I've been doing this whole time, just <laughs> just trying to keep the voice going and 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 yeah, the flow of the band, you know, somehow. For yeah. sure. What song or band? 
do you never want to hear again? Oh, I could I could say right off rip. I do not like Nirvana. Shane Hammer on the record. I never like Nirvana. I don't like anything affiliated with it. I hate that band. I wish it never existed. So does that mean you don't like the Foo Fighters also? Yeah, I, and or, <laughs> or Dave Grohl. Personally, I just I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm just I'm not a fan. I just I never liked anything from that movement. Understand? If I had to pick anything, that's the number one thing. I, I I would agree with that. <laughs> uh, but I, I will I will also say I could go the rest of my life without hearing you shook me all night long from ACDC again. <laughs> yes. Like that song is like nails on a chalkboard for me at this point. Great album. Like just play something else from it. Yeah. You know, it's going uh, be said for a fucking crazy train. Every, every, you know, hit top 40, every top 40 yeah. rock hit. You know, so many good songs that these bands made, but like, yeah, you know, they only play like two of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's very, very frustrating. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. Any of those, any of those top 20, top, top 30 rock hits. Absolutely. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. No, no, uh, as for me, uh, I, I'm going to have to go on the Nirvana hating wagon, too. I'm uh, never really did much for me. Midnight is anti-Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. No, more power to the fan base. Absolutely. You know, I know I know a lot of their, you know, people that love, love them. So that's, you know, we, that's we, awesome. We hate bands, not fans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that. And uh, I don't know. Besides that, I mean, there are some occasions when I can get cranky and, and, and I name bands. But it's not like I really hate them. Just, you know... I guess I just get cranky. I mean, they know I, I can get cranky sometimes. They, uh, you know, everybody else in the band can see, can see that. But yeah, definitely that. And uh, yeah, some some depressive black metal can shut the fuck up sometimes. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. What album yeah. can you put on and listen to front to back? Oh man, there's a lot of them. You know, <laughs> we're like trying to see what to go first because we gotta uh, take a second. I would say the self-titled uh, Torch album from 1984 from Sweden. Nice. I could always listen to that. Uh, Griffin, Flight of the Griffin is another one I could listen to front to back. I got well, um, yeah. There's so many to mention, but I can easily mention Melissa from Merciful Fate. Uh, definitely uh, British Steel. Yeah, those are just you know, once it's there, you just don't take it out. I mean, those those two albums are you know important. And um, I don't know. Uh, um, I for me, I would say Iron Maiden. Somewhere in time, that that album I I have listened to front to back several times, um, and I never get tired of it. I'd say Motorhead, Ace of Spades, and then I'd say tied with the Maiden one is probably White Snake '87. Man, I tell you what, the band knows so much how much I love that album. I I love that album with John Sykes and everything. Definitely, I've listened to that album nonstop for like probably the past year. Wow, that's see, that's cool. You know, I'm always one that like I I don't mind the hits. You know, like the Crazy Train and stuff like that. But I much prefer you know the B-side tracks or the 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 deep cuts as people oh, call okay. them, like yeah. Revelation, Mother Earth, and how it flows directly yeah, yeah, into yeah. Steal Away the Night. Fuck yeah, stuff that like that that you don't hear on you don't hear it on any fucking radio these days because there's no new rock stations <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> if you don't listen to entire albums, then you don't hear that stuff. And at that point, what's the point, I guess, of of it? Absolutely. What band do you like that none of your friends like? Def Leppard. I love Def Leppard. Specifically, Hysteria. <laughs> no, none of my friends like that. No, I, I would like to go on record and say I worship Def Leppard, but uh, nothing after Pyromania for me. Thank you. <laughs> I am a big fan of, I'm a big fan of those two albums when they were eight arms. They're eight arms or ten arms? Ten arms, yeah. Oh. yeah. When they were ten arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm a huge, huge fan of Guar, and uh, I've had a lot of lot of uh, 
people tell me that it's all their stage show and the visuals and their music is not that good. People just go, like go to, you know, get the blood spewed on them and everything. But I don't know, man. I love a lot of stuff they put out. I think they're one of the most diverse bands ever, you know, and just awesome all around. I agree with you. And I think that's a lot of people's unpopular music opinion on Guar. They're pretty talented people, regardless of, you know, the musicality when it comes down to it. Because Dave Brocky had an idea. I read this in an interview one time that he had the idea of making a metal version of Kiss, essentially. That they put everybody as a character in the band because as people wanted to either quit playing or they had to fire people, people get and fans getting bummed out. Well, it's not the original lineup. Well, technically, you know, it is the original lineup because they're all just characters yeah anybody could step into the role and play the role yeah yeah so that's what he envisioned guar to be was a multi-generational band that could just keep going and going and going and obviously with you know him passing away it's still going today that's true i've seen the new lineup a couple times with the new singer right and it's one of those things where they're fulfilling his wish at that point no i support i support guar going forward what is something you've always wanted to do but you're not coordinating enough to do oh man um i don't know about playing guitar that's definitely one of them especially now <laughs> we're writing i'm like damn it i want to put some more of mine yeah i'm <laughs> just trying to get power to learn guitar man because so, yeah, yeah. the ideas are there but yeah a little more guitar skills will, will hold me out you know i don't want to be skills are on point though yeah yeah those are yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the coordination i mean i'm a drummer i feel like that's You're all coordination yeah maybe uh, I don't know, man. I, I probably would be a very good hiker, you know? I mean, mountain climbing and all that. I'm probably not coordinated enough to do that. Right there. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd say rock climbing. It, that'd be pretty hard. I remember, to, I just, I, anytime I think of rock climbing, I think of uh, Seinfeld when he <laughs> got stuck on the rock. So. <laughs> right there. Yeah, that's my thing, yeah, too. You yeah, totally I would, I said say, my answer. I would say uh, mountain, mountain climbing and hiking. Yep. I feel There's like... also not many, many uh, Mount Florida to hike. Yeah, right. Like, and, yeah. and hiking down there, you you know, it's a really, it, anywhere it's an at-your-own-risk thing, but being in Florida, it's a really at-your-own-risk thing because you've got alligators and shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's a new one. That's a new, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That is a track. Definitely. <laughs> hiking through the Everglades, that's the title yeah. track of the next one. Yes. <laughs> no, that's my thing, too, is, like, I feel like when I am, like, enamored by, like, oh, I want to go hiking, and then it's, like, as I get out into the woods, and I'm doing it, I feel like I have two left feet. Yeah. So, definitely. All right, we're going to take one last break here, then we're going to come back, we're going to finish this up, and then we're going to listen to some awesome fucking music from Midnight Spell. Maybe we might go hiking in the Everglades and finding some gators and shit. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. My show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro Wrestling! Hey, are you all in a band? 
Do you need merch for shows? By now, I'm sure you've seen all the Metal Forge patches that are available, along with many more. Well, the printer I use for those is UKR Patcher. Check them out on Facebook and Etsy. They do awesome custom work and for extremely affordable prices for any band budget. Check them out at UKR Patcher on Facebook and Etsy. Got a few more here. Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, what would that be for you? Oh, I think people. Uh, um, I see a lot, a lot of shirts on sale, at, like retail stores that are like of like old like hair bands or like you know big four thrash bands or something. And then you see people wearing it, you're like, oh, who's shirt? What what song you like? They're like, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I'm like, bro, you're wearing a band shirt right now. Right. Like, people wearing band shirts of bands they don't know. I'd say if I had to think, that'd probably be my one and only real pet peeve. It's more mental. I don't say anything. I just think about it. You, I would you, say you uh, roll your eyes, don't you? You're like, oh. Right. <laughs> when when you listen to a band on a record and the snare is not in tune and every time they hit it, it sounds like a slightly different note mm. that drives Zane and has ruined some records for me that I have great songs, but like I can't listen to it. <laughs> Especially as a drummer. Definitely. I mean not, I'm not that picky about many things. I mean well sounds on records if you know, if we're gonna bring that that yeah, you know, that can be a pit peeve of mine. You're gonna have to overanalyze whatever sounds good or or doesn't. So, you know, I can I can get irritated when, when you know, when the production is not what I want. It doesn't have to be a clean thing, but it has to be, like, the right thing for whatever style that I like. And if there's not the right production, I'm going to get a little, like, okay, this is killing me. But um, it's not a big deal. I mean, I'll, I'll survive. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Who outside of the band do you lean on for your objective opinion? Uh, I would say my best friend, Kathy, uh, who I sometimes call the fifth member of the band. Uh, yeah, I, I run a lot of things by her, uh, for honest opinion. I would, uh, I'd have, I'd say my wife, Sam, for sure. I would just go to, uh, you know, close friends, you know, friends that, that are also in bands. You know, some of them are actually a little more experienced and they have some more years in the, in the business. Um, I ask for either advice or, 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 you know, just opinions, you know, how can this work or not? Um, and, uh, I don't know. I like to, you know, keep the right people close to me somehow. And, and uh, I'm being very fortunate that if I ever need some sort of input or advice regarding, you know, what I'm doing here and pretty much anything I can count and like what I'm happy to say friends. Yeah. And family, of course. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. I just realized, I just realized I said the fifth member. I meant the sixth member. Right. Right. There's right. five members on stage with us. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. You need to hurt it to help you out. Sixth member. Yeah, I, I, I only had run that by her first. <laughs> right. She, she would have corrected you and said, hey, sixth. Yeah. What is your most unpopular music opinion? Um, this my, they, I don't even know if my band knows this. I don't like Manowar at all. I can't stand them. I did not know. I did not know that. I, did, I yeah. We I personally don't like that band. That was the first time we heard that, and we heard that. <laughs> We're gonna have a little talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably that's probably honestly really. I'm I'm pretty easy going. I just. And for that band, just, I don't know, man. It, it just nothing it doesn't do anything for me. I'd say it's probably my only real just edgy opinion. Right on. Um, how about you? I would say, I mean, I would say I don't really like a lot, like the majority of death metal. Uh, a lot of it ends up just sounding the same to me, especially listening to an album like, you know, I mean, not Slam specifically, but uh, yeah, I just have a really hard time finding death metal that I like, that I feel stands out from the rest, especially new bands. You know, when it comes to death metal, like I like the classic, you know, like Morbid Angel and then, you know, early Deicide. Death is, I think, the only band I can really listen to a full discography from. You know, when it comes to a lot of classic death metal bands, I only like the first one or two records. Right, yeah, that's, right. that's my unpopular one. I, I would say that 
when, uh, and I think uh, this is not new to the you know to the guys here, but I'm not very fond of the second wave of uh, uh, black metal. In other words, Norwegian black metal. Um, yeah, I mean, I can I can respect Mayhem for what they for what they did in the very beginning, which is actually I would call them first wave. But uh, no, it doesn't do much for me. It, uh, and uh, I don't know. I know it's praised by a lot of people, and well, I guess that's my unpopular opinion. Yeah, just not a big fan. And the way the, the way it became now, the way it is now, it's it's a bit of a joke now, and it's. Uh, disappointing because you know it's it's it's, it's music with with uh, with an attitude you know it's like you know just like heavy metal is but it, it's in a whole different way that it, it became it became uh, uh, I don't know pretty laughable to me and it's a shame but yeah and uh, but that's how I feel and I know many people will still love it so my opinion doesn't really count but yeah that's that's my opinion regarding that I get what you, what you're both saying about like the death metal thing and especially you know with the death metal because Florida had such a prominent scene of it. Yeah. Yeah. There, I was going to say that's especially an unpopular opinion of where we're from. Right. I totally get what you're saying though. And there is a lot of once you've heard some you've heard a lot of. And it does yeah, exactly. take and it, and it does take a lot to stand out in that scene as well as as well as it does in a lot of other stuff as well though. Again like with the with the second wave of black metal and stuff. Agreed to that too because it does take a lot to stand out in that scene these days. Right, yeah, but somehow it's very loved by many, so what, what do we know, huh? Well, yeah. for sure. I mean, like I said, and it's all opinion, so that's, yeah, what, it's that's all what matters. Opinion. It's all opinion, yeah. It's all opinion. You know, we're not, not good. You like it, you don't like it's it. It's all opinions, but we do have to talk to uh, Hammer later on after this conversation is over so, uh, due yeah. to the situation regarding Man of War. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. Gonna, you're going to have to reprimand him for that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I've got one more question, but before we get into it, do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody? Uh, I'll give a shout out to Bart Gabriel uh, for doing an absolutely amazing job. I'll say the band. Yeah, the whole band. The whole band was. Yeah, all right. Yeah, Midnight Spell. Midnight Spell would like to give a shout out to Bart Gabriel. Uh, he did an amazing job with putting out our first record. We're thankful for him and everything Iron Oxide Records has done. Not so much shout out, but I'd like to say that uh, Sky Destroyer is available everywhere uh, on CD. There's more CDs coming. The first pressing is actually sold out. Uh, so there's going to be more CDs coming within the next month, and uh, it's on streaming services everywhere: iTunes, Spotify. Apple Music, YouTube, you know, check it out and support metal. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a big shout out to Bart and, uh, you know, everybody that helped us during a tough year like 2020 to come up with uh to come up with what we have which is uh sky destroyer um and uh, also very, very, very important. A big shout out to everybody who has listened to the record who, uh, simply just, you know, find, finds us on YouTube or, you know, has the, uh, the ability to purchase the uh, vinyl, cassette, CDs, whatever, you know, I'm really, we are really thankful for that. And uh, remember, in a way, I mean, uh, like we said, you know, just like how we do it live, it's, it has to be a, you know, closure to everybody on while, while we're on stage. And it's just this, uh, just the same vibe when you hear our record, because that's exactly what you know that we want you uh, to to do when you, if you really like what we do. So yeah, to keep head banging till death, you know, it's 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 the way to do it. Absolutely. Yes. Hell yeah. And as always, there will be links listed below so you can check out all the official Midnight Spell places: Facebook, Instagram, Bandcamp, uh, Iron Oxide Records. Go on, buy some merch, buy some albums. Support these guys in any way you can because they're fucking awesome. So, final question. What album changed your life? I would say 
uh, Enforcer's Death by Fire. Uh, that was my introduction, I think, to the new wave of traditional heavy metal scene. Uh, I had been trying to do what I'm doing with Midnight Spell now for many years, but I, at some point I just didn't really think it was possible in the modern day. And then I heard that and I discovered and, you know, later checked out the rest of their albums and saw them live and absolutely as a very impressionable 17 or 18 year old that absolutely changed my life and my outlook on uh how i do what i do i definitely had to say nuns have no fun ep to be able to hear a very young king diamond screaming this 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 high pitch uh screams and uh just the artistry and uh, the lyrics and everything about it um you know when when you're like 14 15 years old and you know that that whole you're in the you're in the middle of listening to that record you're somewhere else man yeah it's like it, it's unbelievable and uh ever since then i figured you know i i want to scream like that i want to i, I want to do what he does and um like him and like many other people like you know everybody else that has become a part of my influence you know it, it's i owe a lot but it's definitely that record that made it possible not just for his voice but just you know the, the music written there and it's just i don't know they were hungry they were hungry for the game and and it, it made me feel that same way so um yeah it definitely changed me definitely changed me um for me i would have to say when i was like 14 or 15 i remember acdc back in black that album had a really really big impression on me i played that cd to death um i don't listen to it much really anymore but i remember the impact it had on me it really inspired me to really try to kind of pick up like lead guitar and as a musician i would say that album really ins was it really inspirational to me because I, I had never really heard anything like that and i thought it, it just blew me away definitely such a wide array of influential albums that changed people's lives i think Right. Oh, I would agree with that. Super cool. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. I absolutely appreciate it and am looking forward to loosened restrictions and hopefully a tour coming up. I, I definitely want to see you guys perform live. I definitely want to, you know, have you guys come through the Louisville area because you have my my Louis. ticket money right now. <laughs> well, we, we hope to get out there when we can. For, we really do. For sure. And off of Sky Destroyer. What do you guys want to play out today? Uh, how about title track, Sky Destroyer? Yeah, that sounds good. Go All ahead. Right. You heard these guys. This is the title track from the new Midnight Spell album. Again, links below. Grab it. Get your copy today. This is Sky Destroyer. Thank you all. Thank you.
Hey everybody, thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge this week. I really appreciate every last one of you that listens. But before I go any further, I do want to tell you that we do have a Patreon page here. And there's three tiers. There's the Down and Dirty Dollar tier. It's just a buck. Hey, you're not going to miss a buck. Nobody does. Then there's the $5 Showstoppers tier, which you get a patch, stickers, whatever we have that's in that price range. And then there's the $20 a month Master, where you can get a t-shirt, any size, any color of the Metal Forge logo. Fuck yeah. That's awesome stuff. Oh, and by the way, if you donate on there, guess what? You get the show two days in advance from everybody else. Thank you all so much. It's patreon.com slash radio. Check it out and donate today. I love you guys. Thank you. Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait.